This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. At Salford City, it's all about the class of 92. But here at Mansfield Town, we've got something a little bit better. Yes, it's the class of JB9. With Jordan Bowery back in his natural habitat, the Stags continued their unbeaten league run, stretching it to 16 games unbeaten this season in the league, 17 if you include the run at the end of last season as well. They're closing in on a club record away from home as well, but focus now turns back to home soil as they welcome an old face, a manager who's not quite had the look of the Irish and certainly hasn't had the look of Clough. We'll talk all about that tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast and reflect on the win at Salford as we break another Stags hoodoo. Not only winning at Salford, but winning in a debut of a shirt. More on that to come over the next hour or so. As always, get your comments in and have your say on your team. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's the show for the fans, by the fans. Proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast. Hope that you're all doing all right and having a fantastic week thus far. So the Stags win at Salford. Their first win at Salford in four attempts, breaking what was starting to become a little bit of a hoodoo. But after three successive defeats in the Cup as well, the most important thing is that the Stags got themselves back on track and back to winning ways. Joining me to talk all about it, let's say hello, good evening to our comrades, from around Mansfield, Ashfield, Bowlsover and all other places. Let's say hello, good evening to Clive Parkin. How are you, my friend? Hello, Craig. I'm fine, thank you. Good evening, everybody. Jolly good. Good to see you as always. And the man who has hardly got any spare time these days. It's actually nice to see him outside of the, the beard and the, uh, the, the hat. It's Santa. I mean, Alan Wilson. 
Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Good to see you as always. As always, if you want to have your say on your team, then feel free to get involved in the comments in the live feed and uh, talk about anything Mansfield Town, whether it's Salford, whether it's anything Mansfield Town related or not. Get involved and have your say on your team. And we start with some breaking-ish news from Mansfield Town. And that is, if you want to lie in on Boxing Day, it ain't happening. The Stags uh, game against Grimsby at home on Boxing Day will now kick off at 12.30pm due to police advice. So, Alan, make sure you set your alarm clock a little bit early. In fact, are you going to get any sleep that night? Because obviously, you know, you know, the previous 48 hours, you're going to be all around the world, aren't you? Yeah, it'll be a, bit, a little bit busy, but uh, I'll make sure I'll be at the one call for about 10.30 on Boxing Day. No problem. And Clive, we know how you know, you know sometimes you like to miss uh, kick-off times. Um, of course, refer, re- referring to the EFL trophy game a few uh, few months or weeks ago now. Uh, make sure you've got plenty of time this time to get it in your diary. Half 12 Boxing Day, not 3 o'clock. Thousands of home games I've attended over the years. On a one occasion, <laughs> for a perfectly justifiable, unavoidable reasons, I was late for a meaningless game. You won't let it lie. Nope. <laughs> won't let Alan's little slip-up of exchange lie either. It's what, what they, <laughs> no. Alan is always exchanged. Clive will always be late to the party. Uh, but you were, you know, you weren't late to the party on Saturday afternoon, though, were you, Clive? You were there at Salford, grudging it. Oh, painfully early. I know, and walking around the dense woodland or whatever. Like, what did you do before the game? Twiddle your thumbs? Did you go and see the highs and delights? Of- no, I went straight into the ground and enjoyed the fabulous hospitality facilities that Salford offer away fans. Um, it, it hasn't got any better, although there was a bulb in the toilet this time. Um, Sorry? So they are slow progress. They are making progress at last. Yes, I'm sure that somewhere else has, hasn't got a bulb because they've put one in there. But no, I mean, the ground is what it is. It's uh, it, it's it's a hell of a different ground to what it was when they got when they were in the uh, public eye as a non-league side. And you have to give them some credit for that because it went up very quickly. But it is a meagre sort of environment for, for fans, both sets of fans, if I'm being honest. And there are very poor facilities. It's in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's nothing, there are no shops or pubs or anything nearby. It just is, it's just an awful experience from that point of view. But let me tell you this. Oh, by the way, the sun was in our eyes in the first half. But apart from that, we have, as you mentioned earlier, ticked number two of the hoodoo teams off the list. Of course, we've got a few more of them uh, coming up in uh, the next few weeks or so. But Alan, for me, I wrote down at the very start of my notes tonight that that win at Salford could potentially be the most important win of the season so far especially when you take into consideration the previous three games, three back-to-back defeats in, in the separate cup competitions. I know we've spoken about them being cup competitions, but it was so pivotal for the boys, wasn't it, to, on, on Saturday to bounce back and get back to winning ways and continue that unbeaten run. Yeah, I'd agree with that, Craig. But uh, I've just got a funny feeling that we're going to be OK. I don't know what it was. You know, Salford aren't that... We've never really done well there, have we? And they've always been sort of, you know, non-descript games for us. We've never played exceedingly well, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I just had a funny feeling on Saturday that it would be okay, and uh, it turned out to be that way. Alan, we had to play well on Saturday because there are no mugs. 
I mean, no. their, def their defense is the weakest part of their team, I have to say. But um, we carved them up when we had to do, and and uh, but we had to be on our metal because they were dangerous. And, and Pim had to make a couple of important saves as well. But it was a game that we ground out, and it was a good to, good to come away with the points. Sometimes, yeah, win games like that though, Clive, haven't you? You know, you look at the way we conceded the goal. They, we knew that they get crosses in from deep. They did that on a number of occasions. Unfortunately, we weren't punished too often, but. That's the, the the times where you've got to rely on, uh, you know, the likes of Christy Pym to pull off the saves he did. Because if it wasn't for for him, undoubtedly it would have been uh, uh, a different sort of uh, result on Saturday afternoon. It could have easily gone the other way, um, but I think what we've been doing in the last four or five games is playing very very competently. And ignore the cup games, separate issue completely. Um, we've, it's no mistake we've now got four uh, consecutive uh, victories against League Two opposition, and I confidently expect that to be five later, later by this time next week. Um, but the, um, the they are playing better than I've ever seen them play as a unit. That's not to say we we, we there's room for a bit more flair in the team. There is, um, but you know if you look at the goal that. Uh, our famous DB9 scored. You won't see many better constructed goals than that. You know, was, he, he looked for an opportunity, took it and, and, and finished it with a plum. Absolutely lovely goal. See, it looks better on TV than it did from where we were stood, actually, because you got a better view of the, of the shot. But I, I think uh, there's nobody in that ground would have denied that we were worth the three points. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I know Mark in the comments, Alan, has asked about any updates on Aiken's return. Uh, whilst we don't have any to sort of uh, hand at, at the moment, it's, you know, unlike previous seasons, it's not a worry, is it? Because Jordan Barry has gone straight back up there after playing pretty much almost all of last season in defence and definitely all of this season uh, at, at right back when he's uh, when he's had to play there or, or whatever. He's slotted back up there. Him and Reese Oates have. You know, old, like an old pair of socks, so comfortable together, really, really look good. And you know what? You look at the way in we that we won the game against Salford. Bowery's goal that he scored, instinctive, driving the defenders, cutting in and getting that lovely curling shot in. And then for Davies Keeler Dunn's goal, you know, pulls off into a wide position, allows that gap in the middle for Keeler Dunn to run into, interchange as well with Callum Johnson, who delivers a, a perfect ball. And you have to say it was, lit quite literally, the class of JB9, which has sort of got us through that game. And at the minute, I think when Lucas Aikens is back fit, Jordan Barry's performance up there will not warrant a straight swap, will it? Because he's him and Oates have clicked again. It's just nice to see. I think it's now... Uh, what's the word I'm after? I think it's also uh, good to see Reese Oates starting to fire on all cylinders as well because it ha it's helped Jordan take a bit of pressure off him. With Aikens not playing and putting Jordan back up there, we said a fortnight ago, didn't we, both myself and you, that we thought Jordan would play up there. You know, he would put uh, Barry up back in the centre-forward position. And I think it's worked well because he's played well. He's done reasonably well wherever he's played. He's just one of them players at the moment that... You know, it doesn't matter who gets injured. You can't see him not play out of the team. And if Pim and Flinders were injured, I think he'd have a stab at that as well. He probably would, wouldn't he? And, he, and you know, knowing Jordan Barry, he'd actually have a man of, man of the match yeah. as well. Uh, and like Roger says, he's proving to be a good, versatile player. 
And yeah. he, you know, you look at the way he, he performs, Clive, and he, and he handles himself. He just switches it on, and that that whole link up with Reese Oates. Obviously, he didn't. He's had almost a complete season away from that partnership, but they just get each other in. And Jordan Barry understands the roles of others. And me and Alan have been banging on Clive for weeks about DKD playing in the ten. And Jordan Barry's performance further forward in that Aikens role allowed DKD to be back to his more effectual, effective player that he is. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Barry is a player reinvented. He's, he's, he's had a new, a, a new career started as Mr. Versatility. And uh, it's to the benefit of the football club that we've got him. And certainly he's, he's been adequate cover for the uh, much-missed Aikens. And I don't believe that Aikens would have to wait for Barry to lose form to get I think you'll find another way of playing. But we, uh, I think the... Um, the, the reassuring thing is we have, and we've said this so many times, we have a squad which is able to do the job and there's enough flexibility in the team there to do it. And it allows for the odd player to have a poor game. It allows uh, us to have to play a different game. I mean, we, we on Saturday against Salford, we had the minority possession, but that was the game we felt was appropriate. In fact, it was the only game we could have played against them. And then uh, be more incisive than they were when it came to to uh, scoring. And I think Barry has to take some of the credit for that, not all of it, because he's a team player at the end of the day. But uh, it's nice that he had the confidence to to take it on and say, "I'm going to take this goal." Because I've seen so many occasions where players in that position have not had the confidence to take the shot, and they've played it off to another player. And that's been one of the few criticisms I've had of our our team in recent weeks is they still like to. Walk it into the goal rather than have a, a punt. Yeah, and I think. Uh, go on, Al. I think I was just going to carry on from what Clive was saying. I think that that refers to my last point. It's nice to have Oates back because I think it gives Barry the extra <clears throat> confidence because they've worked together before. They've both said they like working, playing together well. So uh, you know, I think it helps Jordan as much as it helps Reese as well. Takes that little bit of pressure off him. I mean, we could have had a third goal if Maris had just a little bit more luck. Yeah, it would be unfortunate that way. <laughs> it, looked, it? it looked stupid, but it wasn't. It was just bad luck on the day, and it it earned the opportunity to score, and he did, he didn't take it because the ball pinged off his foot. But but you know those those things are going to happen. We're making the opportunity. That's the first thing you've got to yeah. say. We're creating opportunities. And that's what a good team's got to do. You know, when you look at the possession stats and you think, well, they had a lot of possession. A lot of it was in their half and we did make it difficult for them to, to come forward. I don't think we gave them too much in terms of chances. Goal was avoidable. I'll come on to that in a, in a little minute. But the way we sort of kept our composure, ground them down, I actually felt in the second half, they didn't have much of a sniff and we were pretty much uh, in control. We probably should have scored another goal. But like people have been saying, Alan, Reese Oates being back fit, a good Reese Oates, you know, like Mark says, will be unplayable with his pace and directness. Now, I'll add a caveat to the end of that as well. And I think a lot of that is, is down to the fact that we've actually gone back to the way we were playing almost when we, you know, when we got to the playoff final that year with that a little bit more directness, played it on the floor and it plays more to Reese Oates' strength. Unlike last year when we were playing the back five and, you know, he was almost on on his own. We link up a good link up play allows the best of Reese Oates, and we've got the players to complement it now. And it's no coincidence, is it, that he's come back when he has come back? I know he had to come back a little bit sooner, you know, with uh, 
Boateng being uh, ill that time or injured, whatever it was, I think he was ill. And so they shoved Reese in straight from the start. But I mean, he's, uh, he's not looked out of place at all, has he? His pace is reasonable. He's, uh, he's not firing on fully all cylinders yet. But I mean, that will come. It's only a matter of time, you know, while he gets a few more games under his belt. But uh, it's just coming nicely with Aikens being off, you know, to add that gap with uh, Barry up front. And it's just, uh, it's working well. Yeah. If you look at the stats for the last four games, um, it's very impressive. It's championship winning side uh, it's, um, material because what we have is in the last four games, we've scored 12 goals. And if you, you know, extrapolate that across the season we, we we will end up being the top scorers in the division we're, we're second top as it stands and we that's and that's taken into account we were a bit slow up scoring in the early games in fact you know that brings us back onto the thorny subject of, of draws but uh, i think with our current form is only bettered by stockport um and sooner or later they're going to stumble uh, we're one of the few teams to have beaten so I'm, I'm a lot more confident than I was three or three or four weeks ago. The Notts County game was fabulous, but I'm thinking, are we going to be able to replicate that? And we have been doing. We've been playing as well against teams where we've struggled in the past as we did against Notts County. I can't even say that I, I, that I fear a slumping form too much, to be honest, Alan. I mean, we've obviously had that little spell where we lost the three games in the Cup, which are almost irrelevant. And there will come a point where we will lose a league game. But I yeah. They say at the minute the way that the boys have responded to that that cluster of games and those defeats and the way that they grind results, and, you know they're not looking front of goal, they're not enjoying as much possession, not able to play it. I think that speaks for itself, and I I don't think that any blip would be a massive blotch on the copy paper. I think it'd end up being one of those unique stains which ends up turning quite arty in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> I agree with that. As much as I like an arty blot, as as much as I like a good cup run, and obviously it brings the money in. You know, the coffers can always be uh, utilised uh, nicely for Mister Radford, but uh, I think it's a blessing in disguise. You know that we've lost the cup matches. We can concentrate solely. And I, I know we've got Burton and that cup still to do. Bristol uh, Bristol Street Motors Cup. But uh, we can just concentrate solely on the league, which we haven't been able to do for a while, have we? And with the squad that we've got, you know, you look at the bench, it's always strong, irrespective who's on there and who's actually got the shirt in on the day. It just it just bodes well and everything's, uh, you know, it's looking good. Yeah, and you've got a few... Uh, the, gonna... Sorry, I, I was going to say the other thing is we've had a week to recover as well. Mm. which is nice to have because we've had that period where we've been playing twice a week for quite a while. And so the delayed uh, Burton game came as a bit of a gift, I thought. I agree. Uh, and, uh, of course, it slips back in next week, but then we've got a rest when the cup, the second round of yeah. the FA Cup fixtures are. So I think it's all playing quite nicely into this players coming back to availability uh, cycle that we, we're in. Yeah. And, and to go back to Oates, I mean... the. It, absolute blessing that he's back he's about 75 percent as good as he can be but that's to be expected 
you know, he's going to be, he can only get better for Ryan. He stays injury free. Yeah, that's very true. And on the injury front as well, I know a few people have sort of mentioned him in the, in the comments. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but should have uh, Stephen Quinn back uh, in in that Burton game as well as John Joe Tool. So it'll only boost the uh, the availability in the competition, which is absolutely fantastic for this time of the season. In vast comparison to previous years, where it's almost the November curse. I, I can never remember a good November, but at the minute we, we're sort of ticking over really nicely. We're getting to where we're getting. And even when we are conceding soft goals and, and silly, silly goals, the one against Salford was definitely avoidable just by doing something simple as pressing. We knew they were going to get a cross in from deep. Just go and press it early. They don't get the cross in and therefore the lad doesn't get the header in. I know there was a little men mention on commentary about um, why wasn't Aidan Flint picking him up? Read the game. It was because he was on the opposite side. He wasn't man for man marking. Matt Smith was playing the front line, and at that point, it... and he was also exhausted. He'd just done a long foray up the right wing. Exactly. He <laughs> got all excited, and Giddy was up there. <laughs> you got to get back. The most important thing is, you know, we saw it out. We we didn't crumble. We we saw it out. We we dug our feet in, and we we got the result. And you know, sometimes we will have poor game and we'll, we'll perform poorly. I know we were talking about it a few weeks ago with the midfield and sometimes we'll have good games, but as long as we get results, no matter how we perform, that is the most important thing. Um, Roger says, a lot tougher on the squad if cup games got in the way. Injuries should now be minimalised with less matches to play. And of course, the, the blessing in disguise there as well is, you know, people will say, well, the cup games give opportunity for players to, to keep match fit. We've got the Central League fixtures to do that, Alan, as well. You can always... Yeah. Friendlies. There's so many ways to keep players ticking over now in competitive environments. And, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. And even if we do manage to get through in the uh, Papa John's Bristol Street Motors Milk Cup, whatever it's called tomorrow, um, trophy, it's the games aren't going to be coming as thick and fast because they're now no. stages. So actually progressing in that actually might be a good thing at, at this stage of the season. I'd like to see at Burton a team consisting of Flinders, O'Toole, Quinn, and the rest kids. Well, they've got they've not got even kids who play so many, haven't they? Yeah, they have to play so many that's played in the week before. Is it five? It's more than that, I think. How is, is it? it? I'm say, I know they have to play so many, but I mean, I get your point. They can, you know, start and uh, put other people at the back, you know, that haven't been playing so regular. Absolutely right. We'll talk Burton later on. Uh, let's go back to Salford for just a minute because there was another hoodoo broken Clive and that is the fact that uh, we debuted a new shirt and usually when we debut a new shirt, it doesn't go quite as well, especially at Salford. Yeah, we've done it before at Salford. We introduced the, the sky blue one at Salford yeah. for no, good, no justifiable reason. Than... Um, I don't think that was the reason we didn't win. We played awful, but the um, I, I don't dislike the... the, the, the uh, the garment per se, I think it's an attractive shirt. I don't think it's necessary. I'm, I'm an old fart when it comes to kit. I think unless there's a colour clash, you should stick to your first team shirt. Having said that, I'm pretty sure there must have been some promise to the sponsors yeah. um, that the shirt should come out at some point. I'm going to say, um, I think it's been mentioned, you know, so many, possibly Bradford City, you know, possibly there's a couple of three games where that one will be war. But I thought it looked quite smart. I would rather that be the away shirt than the red one. 100%. The, the red one's got no place in our squad whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, when we played away in red, we've done all right. So I, I'm, I'm, I can't I'm say calm about that in it, have we, when we yeah. played? So. Off. We're all we're, we're yellow slash amber and blue. 
That's that's it. We we are red. That's forest, and no, we don't need that. Moving on. I think we get your point, Craig. Good. I'm glad you do. Got to add a little. He, he don't like the red, does he? <laughs> Just to sneak I get, in. I get the impression. <laughs> Me neither. Oh dear. If only we had our, our shirts, Guru, on the uh, the show tonight to talk us all through the stats and statistics. He'll be back soon. Um, and, of course, you can follow his page uh, where he's doing some lovely stuff with shirt graphics now. As well. mm. um, anyway, uh, let's uh, move swiftly on. Uh, before we take a quick break, there is one more item on the agenda from the Salford game, uh, Alan. And that is the fact that we will be forced into a change uh, on Saturday against Newport because Callum McDonald is suspended. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you don't seem to be worried about it anymore, do we? You know, Bailey's, Cargill's perfect replacement for that, uh, you know, however it happens, whether he's got yellow cards, whatever he's done. And, you know, it'll be the same when he plays on uh, Saturday. If he plays well, which we assume he will do, it'll be up to Mr. McDonald to force his way back in again. You know, that that's the way it's going at the moment. Yeah, and if anyone thinks, well, what about Stephen McLaughlin? He's out injured for about two, two three weeks again. Yeah. Yeah, he won't be back in. I don't want to sound like the uh, pessimist here, because it's your, your job, Craig, but I, I, would, I sincerely doubt whether McLaughlin's ever going to play like he did um, when he was in his pump. I think we've uh, he's he's been bashed too many times, yeah. and apart from that, you know, the clock's ticking, isn't it? Um, same with, with uh, the Quinn. We have to accept that we're not going to see Quinn next season as a player, I don't think, and therefore it's right that we should be bloody new players. Mm. You know, we can't just get to a cliff edge and realise that we've lost players and we've not replaced them. The whole thing about the business is a plan of cont continuity, uh, and we have got just about every position covered which is completely different to what it was last season. Well, again, we'll touch upon it later, but I'm looking at a potential 11 for the Burton game. And again, it's so much cover in so many positions. You could do three or four variations on it. It's absolutely great. Uh, right. Yeah. Take a uh, quick break. Um, as always, keep your comments coming in and have your say on your team. However, we need to, at this point in the show, uh, make you aware that in the next part of the show, we are going to be digging over some old ground uh, so, trigger warning, we are going to take you to a dark place. Yes, we're going to be talking about the Graham Coughlin error, and I mean error. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. 
Welcome back to the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Great to have you with us. Series 7, episode 17. Uh, we've been going a very long time. We've seen some highs and we've seen some lows. None more so than cast your mind back. I know it's a horrible time period to do it, but cast your mind back to October 2020. We were all stuck indoors. We could only go out for 10 minutes a day in our the, in the nearest park. You could go one way around Tesco and you had to wear a face mask. Hands, face, space and all that absolute And of course, we weren't allowed into football stadia, which was probably a good thing uh, for me and Clive at the time because we would have been watching Graham Coughlin absolutely Mansfield Town up. Oh, Alan Wilson had the horrible pleasure of watching the home games because announcers for some strange reason were still allowed in stadiums announcing to absolutely no one but it was baffling and still amusing when you look back on it uh, but it was by far probably the worst period in Mansfield Town history in, in recent history Alan and on Saturday him and Joe Dunn return to uh, one course stadium now as as people um, they were lovely people that it has to be said but as a management team they were absolutely atrocious. It just didn't work, did it? It didn't work at all. And I'll just harp on what you said about me being able to go into the games. I'll tell you a little bit of a funny story, if I may. The, the, the substitute, she used to sit right below my box. And I got to know Jordan Barry, you know, because he was mainly a sub then. Got quite a few. And then there was a gentleman just sat to the left of my box. And I thought... You know, he's got all the kit on. Obviously, he was injured. You know, we were all covered up and whatever because it was quite cold that day. And I was just looking round, and then he went in at half time and got a cup of tea off Laura, who used to work Coops as Mrs., who used to work at Stags. And he came back out, and Laura gave him a right dressing down because he'd pinched this cup of tea and he shouldn't have done. And I said to a friend at Kieran, who puts the music on for me, I says, Kieran, who is that? And he went, none other than Ollie Clark. <laughs> I didn't even know it was Ollie Clark. I didn't. Oh. Ollie Clark is the gift. Ollie Clark is one of the few gifts uh, we've uh, a, a legacy from the Cochrane period, isn't it? Hmm. And Mr. Barry. Yeah, and I say I got to know Jordan quite well. We had quite a few chats. And, I mean, I know, uh, I know the, we're in the, the second goalkeeper. What was his name? Barrick Stack. Yeah. Or Oh, it, it, that bloke was quality. No, I think Marek Steck played. Un, yeah, under Cochlin, Marek Steck played, and then under Clough, it was more Aidan Stone until yeah. Yeah, but it was very good on the subs bench. It, you know, geeing everybody up, and uh, it, oh, it was quality. It was a, that bloke. It was, yeah, it it was, was great at supporting the rest of the lads. No question about yeah. it. Yeah. The uh, I know we're in the second half of the program, Craig, but given that we're talking about Mr. Cochrane, perhaps it ought to be thought to have left it a bit later, so we could have been in the final third. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's you know that's worse than uh, that's a worse joke than uh, than some of my analogies and some of them are. T- <laughs> uh, but no, it was an unforgiving time to be a, a Stags fan, and I remember sort of at the time of his appointment, you know, he. We didn't feel it was the right appointment at the time. Obviously, he took the job. He was manager of Bristol Rovers at the time, took the job to move closer to his Sheffield home, which, you know, is understandable. It wasn't quite the right reasonings behind the appointment. But I do I do 
feel in some ways, Clive, sorry for Graham Coughlin because he did have the terrible um, record, obviously, um, four wins from, what, 24 games in charge of uh, the Stags, 24 competitive games, uh, that is. And uh, it came at a time where he inherited a, a squad which the previous season, you know, we finished in, in the playoffs, but had changed manager to a manager who didn't really want the job and they didn't really respect him. We've heard that from numerous players o- over the years. And then he had the, the job of obviously doing a, a massive turnover of players and trying to reshape the squad. In the midst of that, a global pandemic where you couldn't get on the training field, you couldn't put training re- regimes together. You had no idea if football was going to resume or not. Having to balance all of that and then getting back into football as well and under new measures, it must have been a terrible, terrible time to uh, be the manager of a football club in those circumstances. The teams that did well in that sort of era were the teams that managed to stay together and had that little bit of longevity. For any manager trying to change a club and install a new ethos at that time, Clive, it it was a, a, a job which was really just to collect a paycheck because you couldn't get any positive result out of it, surely. No, the the circumstances leading up to his dismissal because of poor performance were not of his make. I think it also didn't help us progressively seem to lose the, the dressing room as well. Um, but uh, the, I felt a bit sorry for him, although I was glad to see the back of him uh, when we when he went because we needed a change, uh, badly needed a change. Um, but he came on, you know, good for, good recommendation. He'd done very well at, at Bristol Rovers, albeit for, for a fairly short period of time. Um, and I understand we had to work very hard to get his signature. But the these things are going to happen, aren't they? I mean, different circumstances, a different way. Clough could have been in and out in, in six months. You just you just don't know. Um, and I don't, I don't wish him any harm except on Saturday. Yeah. And that's a fair point, Alan, as well, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's one of those things that football is a funny old game. And I think any manager in that position would have found it really, really difficult. But it, it has to be said that with the, the other things taken into consideration that as well, I don't know if, you're, if, if people will remember, it's the fact that the EFL put certain sanctions, didn't they, on dressing rooms at the time. And yeah. you could only have X amount of players. And as I understand in the, the Cochrane period in, in COVID, when behind closed doors he used the dressing rooms and therefore it was split across two dressing rooms which therefore formed cliques and it's hard to deliver your team talks to two dressing rooms and all of that yeah whereas away teams this is why people had better away teams they would because they couldn't use the dressing rooms would use like club lounges and club bars and when richard cooper took over as caretaker i think you'll remember this alan they switched yeah they? and he ended up using the 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 Kevin Bird suite as a change. Yeah, and it's like all the players got changed in the Kevin Bird suite, yeah. And they came uh, running out, well, they came down the steps when they came onto the field from the uh, the old uh, community place that they did. Yeah, so I can remember that. But one thing I'll say about Cotlin, sometimes, it very occasionally, you listen to him and he does manage to talk sense occasionally because the other week he was on the uh, whatever radio it was on and it said that Newport had had three losses and they'd played really poorly and he says he got all the players together he says I've banked your lot to the hilt he says I won't have anybody calling my players I look after you now it's your turn to help me out you've lost three games you've played really poorly I've stuck by you let's see some return on it and they the next game they won three nil 
So, you know, he can do it, you know, if he needs to and when he needs to. But let's just hope it's not Saturday. He will get a poor reception, though, won't he? Let's, that's, that's not... That's... I would have thought so. I well, don't think it'll be know. anything like the Danny uh, Johnson. No. Or a... oh, no. It'll be, it'll be a, a slightly a slight level of derision, I guess. But no, I don't think many people have got full set of thinking tackle will begrudge him too much, apart from a, a, any more than no points on Saturday. In a way, I think he was he, he was saved in a way by uh, the Radfords and, and David Sharp at the time as well by pulling the trigger when they had to. You know, it was a, the worst start to a season we've, we've ever had. Nine games with uh, without a win. Um, you know, we just couldn't buy a win. We didn't look like a team performer. We didn't look like we were going to get anywhere either. And the Radfords and, and David Sharp at the time recognised that and knew that something had to change. And and it would would have been a really difficult decision. I think he would have probably accepted. Um, that as well and actually is in terms of managerial sackings and managerial change over the, the Stags recent history that's probably one of the most amicable ones in terms of we're in a really crap situation in in terms of a business and in the world but we have we have to still act and, and do what we want to do and to be fair to him he's gone on and had a couple of decent jobs since then he went to Sheffield United's academy for a little bit and did uh did well bringing some players through, obviously at Newport now as well, um, and seems to be doing all right with limited resources there as well. So we, we wish him uh, well apart from uh, Saturday. But if you look at how the club's progressed, you've got to actually give, give um, him a little bit of credit and say that the players that some of the players that he brought in have actually stayed with the club and have progressed and, and blossomed. You look at Jordan Bowery, prime example, Ollie Clark on his day, you know, when he gets where he wants to be. Stephen McLaughlin, um, another one he, late on in the, the Cochrane era, was, was brought in. He did bring some uh, decent players in who we've, uh, we've managed to, to shape and, and mould into the clough, uh, Mould Allen. He did, but, uh, you know, it's like Clive said earlier on, you know, it don't always work, does it? For whatever reason, I mean, there's a lot of things that you've mentioned that was against him from the start. And, you know, some it, sometimes it just doesn't happen. Other people walk in, they can go on a winning run, and, you know, everything's unky-dory. But it's just, it was one of those occasions where I don't think it personally helped himself too much either, you know, because of uh, the way he went about things. But... Uh, just one of those things i think really you know good luck to him in newport but uh we've got the man that we want now and uh, we're quite happy with who we've got I mean, he's got a real battle this season to avoid relegation i think because yeah. you know there's gonna be three teams disappear and, and it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting season top and bottom this year Mm. Certainly will be. Uh, we'll come on to podcast predictions a little bit later on. Uh, let's move on to some sort of off the pitch um, discussions, uh, and that Alan is the fact that you're going to be a little bit of a busy man at, at half time, aren't you? On uh... yeah, hopefully. Uh, and I say I've looked at the long range weather forecast, and I think we should be all right for the Saturday afternoon. And uh, yeah, it could be quite interesting, <laughs> especially with Cam doing it, one of the uh, entrants, if he's, uh, if he's telling the truth. If he turns up. He's, uh, yeah, if he turns up, yeah. Um, also, so if those, if people don't know, if people haven't heard about it, Alan, do you want to shed a little bit of light into uh, what's actually, uh, actually going to be happening? Yeah, well, basically we're sponsored by Food Hub. And uh, I'll go on to the later one in a minute. Between 12.30 and 2.30, up on the top pitch of the training pitch at the back of the Sandy Pay Sports Bar, or Sandy's as it is now, Sandy's Kitchen, there's going to be a massive dartboard 
a big inflatable dartboard and you've got three balls to kick onto this dartboard all uh, you know for whoever can get the highest score and i think for that one i think it's two tickets for the 1861 suite a, a match of your choice you know in the con hospitality suite and then on half time for food hub again i presume it'll be in front of the quarry lane you know in front of our fans i would have thought they're going to put a big tarpaulin over the uh, the goals and it'll have uh, like holes in you know at the bottom at the top and it's like the old sky sports top bin effort you've got i think it's three people have got five efforts and if you get your football through the hole i think it's a 25 pound uh, gift card or whatever from food no. so it, it should be interesting It'd be entertaining did you, did you manage to see the players practicing the dartboard oh. up at the yes I did. and the players got you know it's the board and, and when the ball hits it it sticks to it it's like velcro yeah and uh, <laughs> they were all scoring various scores and the highest was about 80 odd and then 87 and the lowest was maris with two yeah with four <laughs> was it four <laughs> Yeah, he got two ones and a two. No, they got two ones and a, and a third missed the book target. I thought, well, anyway, maybe right. But <laughs> now he got four. No wonder. Yeah, Callum Johnson, eighty-seven. He's top top dog at the moment. But I think it's. I don't think you 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 said that uh, it was said through the media that you can take you can take on the you know whoever wins the highest. But I think it's whoever wins on the day. Yeah. You know the highest because I won't mind to go at that one. Get yourself up there, Alan. Um, it I will. But they, they, they had something similar two seasons ago in the uh, fan zone, didn't they? Um, yeah. Outside the entrances to uh, the, the Ingraves right. Upper. Um, and similar yeah. thing. I don't think it's quite as good as the one I've seen on videos today, but uh, it was good, good for I to go at it. And, you know, there's a, an element of skill of an awful lot of luck involved. Yeah. If you had to tw if you had to treble, you know, 17, 18, you know, it's a good start, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. You got to get some loft on it. You got to, you know, really try and get it as high as you can and uh, get get on the doubles early if you can. And of course the uh, penalty shootout style one, the, the top binge challenge or whatever the, it, it's being called. Uh, our Cam is apparently doing it. Now, he's not on the podcast tonight to defend himself. I don't know where he is. He's uh, probably training. Probably <laughs> but, yeah. but to every Mansfield Town fan and Newport fan, if you're watching or listening to this, that um, that are listening, when he comes on the pitch to do it, boo him, boo him <laughs> until you're blue in the face. Uh, I want to see him slip on his backside. I want to see him. I, I want to see him miss the target because uh, I want to ridicule him. Because knowing that poxy. He'll probably get the top bins first time, and it, that will annoy yeah. me until uh, I'm until I die. So do it. <laughs> shout Cam Cam Felton is a whatever you want to shout at him. Just put him off and um, yeah, ridicule him. You're going to boo him, aren't you, Clive? I'll make a decision on the day. <laughs> Hashtag boo Cam. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, talking of other off the pitch things as well, Alan. Uh, you're a busy man at the minute. You have been involved uh, with a, a few things. Um, and you were... Uh, oh, Roger says, I thought Cam was your mate. Whatever gave you that impression? Uh, Alan, you were involved in something with Mansfield Museum, which we as a podcast are going to be involved in. in yes. In, well, next year. In uh, I think it's... Uh, well, towards the back end of... I think it's back end of the season, isn't it? When the... Uh, when the 
exhibition's going to be on. Nick's going to be... It's March next year that it opens. We're going to move our podcast studio to there for a couple of episodes and do stuff there as well. Um, but you were filming something for them the, the other day. Do you want to uh, fill us in on on, uh, on what you were doing? and uh, what? They were, they were very enlightening, to be fair. It went down at uh, 6 o'clock on Tuesday night because when, when they did them at the One Course Stadium, obviously yeah. I'm at work, so I couldn't get down. So... I mean, uh, they said that they'd sent some emails out, you know, anybody that was interested uh, in the evening, you know, and I did. I went down at six o'clock and it was uh, a nice little setup. They'd got a nice plush chair for you to sit at. The gentleman was filming all the time and then it was Kirsty that was asking the questions. And she did actually say that she'd seen them, seen and heard the podcast. Absolutely. No, she didn't. You know, she was very uh, complimentary about it. That's well, there you go. And if people want to get involved with it, um, it's basically all about football history. Uh, so this is what the museum post says. Are you a parent, coach or player involved in grassroots football? Are you part of the women's game or are you just passionate about the game and have memories and stories to share? If so, we'd love to talk to you at one of our oral history sessions. The idea behind collecting oral history is to get people talking about their memories and lived experiences. And with that in mind, um, we don't set ma many questions, but use open questions to in instigate conversations. If you've got a story to tell us, uh, then join us at one of our recording sessions. Now, there's only one recording session at left, and that is on Saturday, uh, the 18th of November, of course, match day, at 10 a.m. till 12 noon at the Palace Theatre's Lounge. So before you get to the go to, to one call, nip over to uh, the Palace Theatre uh, Lounge and get involved with that. <laughs> Uh, to email, uh, well, to book your slot, you can call 01623 463080. That's 01623 463080. Or you can email Kirsty. That's ksanders at mansfield.gov.uk. Do get involved with that. I've had a little bit of a sneak preview of what that exhibition is going to be like. And it's going to be really, really enjoyable uh, next year when it's on. And we can't wait to uh, be um, a part of that. So really, really looking forward uh, to that one right let's turn our attentions back to on pitch matters podcast predictions coming up in just a moment but of course after the newport game um on saturday it's the rearranged trip to burton nigel clough going back to his old stomping ground clive and uh, if memory serves me correct the last time nigel clough was involved in a mansfield town versus burton albion efl trophy papa john's um car cup game he was manager of uh, burton and Mansfield uh, beat them with a superb performance uh, between the six from Bobby Elasnik at uh, Burton's ground. Um, obviously, he's going to be the away dugout this time around. And I know you're not a, favor, a massive fan of the cup competition, but again, ideal time with that Saturday off uh, the following week to get some more people back in. You look at the lineup, you look at the amount of people that will possibly come back in, and it will be a welcome return, hopefully touch wood for Stephen Quinn and maybe even Mr O'Toole. Yeah, it has that value, no question about it. At a time when these players perhaps haven't uh, played competitively, competitively enough, it gives them the opportunity to put these players out there and give them the chance to show what they can do. Um, and with enough players to rotate all the all the subs were allowed on the day. So I think it'll be a useful training slash competitive game. Um, and I think it means a bit more to, to Mr Clough because of his background at that club. And of course, there is something to play for, Alan, because the Stags can still progress to the knockout yeah. of the competition. Uh, they have to either win outright or 
win on penalties after a draw. That would take them uh, through. If they lose on penalties, then that they wouldn't um, they wouldn't get through. Yeah. We'll finish the above them. So they have to win, uh, be it outright or via a penalty shootout. And for me, I say it year upon year. We should be progressing in this competition. Nigel Clough won't care about it. Not will, Neither will 99.9% of people. But I think it's also important to, to keep uh, momentum going as well. And if you look at the amount of players that will need game time, I basically drafted an 11 here. The only pl- position I can't fill at the minute in terms of won't play on Saturday against Newport is right back. So I've got Flinders, possibly Bowery at right back, then George Williams, George Cooper, Callum McDonald, who will play because he's suspended on uh, Saturday against uh, Newport. Um, if John Joe Tall and um, Stephen Quinn are back, they will be in midfield, presumably with uh, Hiram Boateng, uh, Mikhail Abdullah, Will Swan and James Gale up front. That's on paper is a strong side anyway, isn't it? It is, yeah. And also the, the money element as well, because isn't it 10000 for a win? Outright. And... 5,000 if you go through on penalties. Yeah. Well, it just can't be sniffed, does it? You know, if they get through that, and then who knows you're going to get, you might get a home tie, you know, against a lesser club in the next round, and who knows? You know, it, it just keeps adding the money, and it adds people, same as you say, getting game time that's not getting game time, as well as the Central Midlands League, and any other games that Nigel wants to put on, you know, like on the following Saturday when we're out the FA Cup, he might get beyond the closed doors there with all his contacts. So, yeah, just, you know, do the best you can. Yeah, I think if we did get through, we would be away from home in the next round because we'd finish second. We can't, I think if you oh, right. home, if you finish second, uh, you're away from home. So we would be away, uh, but it'd still be regionalised as well, I, I believe. Not quite sure. It changes every year. But um, I think, yeah, there's a possibility there to get a behind closed doors friendly on the Saturday. Or he might say, do you know what, lads? That, that oh, Away you go. Go and spend uh, the weekend yeah. with them. Whatever. Yeah, because he likes doing that, don't he? He likes, you know, the odd day with family time because it's, uh, it's, it's important to have family time. And there's also stories of him when he's been at Burton or, or Sheffield United or Derby when they've been in the champ, that when it's the international break and there's a free Saturday, um, he's sent all the lads off on a jolly uh, abroad and uh, sent uh, Garner with them with the credit card and they've all had a bit of a bonding experience. So, uh, plenty of... <laughs> Anyway, uh, right, let's turn our attention, shall we, to uh, the guessing game that brings you absolutely zero fame. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League or Cup, you just make it up because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win? Lose or draw. So we don't have an update on the table in this episode for you. We're going to keep you guessing on that one. However, we have got two games to get your predictions in for. We're going to start with Newport at home and I'm going to start with Alan Wilson. Right, Mansell Town 3, Newport 0, a Mansell Town win, and I'm going for results again. Prime. Alan stolen my score, but I'm sticking to it. 3-0. Davis Kieladon. I am going to go for a 6-1 win. Oh, Uh, (laughs) I hope you're right. Reese Oates is going to be man of the match. 
Uh, congratulations, by the way, to him and his partner on the birth of their their baby. Um, yeah. Why research will be man of the match because he'll score a hat trick because he, he won't have been able to sleep, so he'll be playing on uh, insomnia and uh, he'll score a hat trick and be man of the match. Uh, let's go with Burton then. I am going to go for a uh, a reminder, by the way, that uh, we're looking in the Burton game for the result over 90 minutes. Penalty shootouts do not count. Uh, with that, I'm going to kick us off with a 2-2 uh, draw and the man of the match in that one uh, will be... I'm going to stick my neck out and say he's going to be back. Stephen Quinn uh, will get man of the match in that one. I think we'll edge through on penalties, but it doesn't matter anyway in terms of podcast predictions. Clive? 1-0 uh, defeat. Flinders. Alan finishes off. 2-1, Stags win. George Williams. Excellent choice. If you want to play along with podcast predictions, you can do so via the link in the description. A reminder that you must do so no later than one hour and one minute prior to kick-off in the respective games. And we'll bring you an update in the podcast prediction standings on the show next week. And of course, if you want to stay up to date with when that's going to be, make sure you follow us on all things social media. But play along with the guessing game that brings you zero fame as the Stags take on Newport in Skybet League 2 and the Burton Albion in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy. That is all we've got time for on tonight's episode of the Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks as ever to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel, which tonight consisted of the legendary Mr. Alan Wilson and the equally legendary Mr. Clive Parkin. My thanks as always to you guys at home for watching and for listening. We'll be back with you again next year, next week as we reflect on all things Newport County, the return of Graham Coughlin and the return of Nigel Clough to Burton Albion in the uh, EFL Trophy. Make sure you follow us on social media to find out when we're going to be live. And of course, if you want to get involved with podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description. And you must do so one hour and one minute, no later than prior to kick off in those respective games. If you're going to the Newport game on Saturday, pop into the Mansfield Palace Theatre Lounge prior to 12 noon to get involved in the museum's uh, football project. And of course, at half-time when Cam's on the pitch, what must you do? Boo. Boo to your heart's content and let him know that he's loved by all at Mansfield Matters. And don't forget to watch ITVB at 9 o'clock tonight if you want a little nosy around Carolyn and John's house. That's all I've got time for. Good night. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. 
That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.